you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Man, I love that song we just sang uh, together. What a wonderful, powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. My name's Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here at Heights. And I want to welcome you this morning. If you are new with us and have not yet connected with us, we would love to be able to connect with you. A reason being, we'd love to know how to pray for you right now. See if there's any way that we possibly can serve you just to come alongside of you and encourage you. I I know these times as we're having to stay a little more socially distanced from one another, it's still hard to feel connected to people. And and so right now there's ways you can connect with us as a church. You can go to heightschurch.org slash connect. Just provide us a name, email address, phone number, and we'll be happy to be able to follow up with you pray for you. Let us uh, be able to tell you a little bit more about our church and how you can get connected deeper here in the life of Christ. So I'm excited this morning. We're going to continue our new series we started last week called The New Normal, Remembering Who We Are. You know, as we are continuing to have to adjust in this new way of living, uh, I believe it's fundamentally important right now as the people of God just to get back, if you will, to the basics, to remember who we are. And so I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now as we get started. Father, I thank you that you are a God that loves us. You're a God that cares for us. Lord, the the times of corporate worship we were able to have together in our homes, watching from whatever device uh, we're watching from, we can still be able to sing with one another. We can be able to still sing to you. And Lord, we sing those songs as a way of testifying who you are and thinking about the beautiful, wonderful name of Jesus. There's so much power in his name. We think of Acts 4.12. There's no other name given among men under heaven which man must be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And so this morning I pray for those that are watching, where they're watching from, when they're watching, that Lord, you will continue to meet their needs. Pray for any of our our viewers out there today that maybe uh, do not know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Today would be that day that they come to know Christ and be able to say along with us what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. So as the word goes out this morning, Father, I pray that you will bless it. Uh, Lord, help me to be able to proclaim the word that you have for each one of us. Lord, and I pray in my own personal life, it continues to change my heart, my mind, my actions as I pray for those as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, If you think about the term fake news, uh, fake news kind of seems like a modern day phenomenon, but it's really not. Uh, The first fake news was delivered by the first fake news reporter back in the Garden of Eden. See, it was Satan that came to Adam and Eve and gave the first fake news report when he came to them and said, surely if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not die. 
And I know we talk about fake news all the time now, and, and really why is probably because of the advent of 24-hour media and social media. Uh, things get spread a little faster than probably they once did. I mean, you just take all of the COVID-19 news reports we see. Isn't there a lot of confusion about really what's going on? I mean, was this virus made in a lab in China or was it not? We get conflicting reports each day on how many people really have it, how many people don't have it. You know, you see conflicting reports of this is not as bad as the flu. And then you'll have reports that say, no, the mortality rate of this is worse than the flu. And then we get into all the different governmental agencies and when it's safe to open, when it's safe not to reopen our states and our businesses. And so when we think about all the, the news that travels and sometimes it contradicts each other, it leaves us with this question, is there any news we really can trust? I mean, if we have all this different news coming, can we trust any news? I want to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we're going to go over some news this morning. And this news was delivered by a man by the name of Peter. See, last week when we started our series, we said that we are empowered people by God. You know, that's who we are. Living out our new normal, we're still the same people. We're empowered people. Uh, Jesus promised the apostles and promises us in Acts chapter 1 that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give us power to be witnesses. This morning, I want to talk to you about being a witness and that message that you and I proclaim. See, we are empowered proclaimers of Jesus. And in a world of fake news, we still proclaim that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. And so when you come to Acts chapter 2, you see in verse 1 that it is the day of Pentecost. And many people have come into Jerusalem. Pentecost is a very important celebration for the Jews. Uh, in the Old Testament, it was known as the first fruits offering. It's when you would come and bring your first fruit to the temple uh, as a way of offering to say, okay, there's more to come. And it's interesting that God set it up for the Holy Spirit to come here at this first fruit offering that they are celebrating in Jerusalem. Because for you today as a believer in Jesus Christ, he came then as a first fruit for the apostles. And now when you place your faith and your trust in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, empowers you as a believer in Jesus Christ. And so this Pentecost celebration, I mean, it really rivaled Passover in its attendance. I mean, the, the streets of Jerusalem are going to be packed for this. And it takes place 50 days after Passover. If you kind of take your Bible and you scan down in verses 8 through 11, you also see who's in the crowd there. I mean, the nations are represented here at Pentecost, people from all different nations coming in Jerusalem to celebrate this. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he comes and he indwells the apostles. And then they begin to stand up and speak in the languages of all these different people about Jesus. Well, now the religious leaders, verse 7 tells us, they kind of take a dig at those guys. And they say, whoa, 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 hang on, what's happening here? Because we know these men, they're Galileans. That was really a way of saying, we know these guys, they're not that smart. There's no way they're smart enough to be talking in all the different languages of people who are there. They must be drunk. 
Well, then Peter stands up to deliver some news, to preach a message, to proclaim a message about Jesus that you and I are still to proclaim as empowered proclaimers of the gospel. See, in a world of fake news, we proclaim the news that Jesus is Lord and Savior. So pick up with me there in verse 22. And here we're going to kind of jump in the middle of Peter's sermon. But what you see is Peter proclaimed that Jesus was crucified. I love verse 22. It says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. Verse 23, this Jesus was delivered up according to to the plan and the foreknowledge of God. You crucified him and killed him by the hands of lawless men. I love the way verse 22 starts because it really makes us pause. And it asks really this question, I think, when we read it. Is there any news we can trust? See, the problem for many of us is we don't trust news because we don't trust the source of the news. And if you don't trust the source of the news, then you don't trust the news. And Peter here in delivering this news, this proclamation of who Jesus was, said in verse 22, listen, this Jesus was attested by God. He was confirmed by God. Often in the Gospels, you will see God saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God himself said, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. I am attesting to you this. I am proclaiming to you this. I am confirming this to you. But we also see Peter points out in verse 22 that the works of Jesus point us to the fact that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Look again in verse 22. He says he's attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. There are 36 recorded miracles of Jesus in the Gospels. Now, there were more miracles Jesus did. As we read in John chapter 20 in verse 31, uh, John says these words. He says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Christ is the Son of God. See, when Jesus did those miracles in the Gospels, he was showing you his authority, his power. He showed you his authority over nature, over demons, over blindness, over people who couldn't hear. He showed your authority over death when he raised people from the dead. All those times he did those miracles, he's showing you his authority and his power. You know, in the book of Acts, these apostles are going to do miracles as well. There's going to be times, Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going to heal a man who couldn't walk. There's going to be times they raise the dead. There's going to be times they help blind people see. And in the book of Acts, why those miracles were there, the purpose of that was to authenticate the gospel going out. See, the the good news of Jesus is traveling in new areas at this point. And that when the apostles did these miracles, they're saying that this word is true. This Jesus has power. Well, you and I today, when we serve people, when we love people, what we're doing is showing the power and the love of Jesus Christ. You know, as a church, it's our mission to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. That's what we want to do. We want to love and to lead all people. 
with a new life with Christ. Two ways that we do that as a church. First, we want to be a church that serves within our community. We don't want to just be a a church that's in the community, but we want to be for the community. Second, we want to be a sharing church. See, we don't want to just be people that know good news about Jesus. We want to share that good news of Jesus. And when you and I love others, we serve them, we meet physical needs, it opens up a door to share the good news of Jesus Christ verbally. And so Peter's saying, this is who this Jesus is, attested by God, a powerful man. But verse 23, you crucified him. Now, of course, that was according to the very plan of God. It says that uh, God planned that. God in eternity past planned the crucifixion of Jesus, but it was still carried out by sinful man. And might you and I pause right now and remember this? I had a role in the death of Christ. You had a role in the death of Jesus. Isaiah 53 says that the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, this Jesus was crucified. But Peter also in the sermon tells us good news, that this Jesus had a resurrection. This Jesus lived. Peter proclaims the resurrection of Jesus. Pick up in verse 24 with me. He said, God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, because it is not possible for him to be held by it. I love that phrase, don't you? It wasn't possible for death to hold him. Pick up in verse 25. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he's at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, my flesh will also dwell in hope. For you not abandoned my soul to Hades, you not allowed your Holy One to see corruption. You've made known to me the paths of life, you you will make me full of gladness with your presence. A dead Savior is no savior. And you know, the religious leaders of the day, they didn't have a problem with the crucified Jesus. They had a problem with the risen Jesus. And in the book of Acts, you can trace out when Peter and John and the apostles and the early Christians start preaching a crucified, risen savior, persecution came. Why? Because they knew who he really was. He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. Peter says this Jesus lives, never to die again. He has ascended to the Father, Acts chapter 1 says, and the Bible tells us he's waiting to come again in God's perfect time. He lives today. You know, I, I, love, um, I love old hymns. I don't know about you, I, I grew up in, on hymns and grew up in a church that had, a, had an organ and choir wore the robes and, you know, you had the hymnals. And there's a hymn I love, and I I think of this chorus often. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Peter proclaimed the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. That's the message we proclaim, but I want you to notice something else Peter did. He proclaimed Jesus was better than David. (laughs) Pick up in, in the sermon again, up in verse 29. He says, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. 
being therefore a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Look at verse 32 real carefully. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he's poured out to us this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. You know, as a society... Uh, we often do this. You see the BuzzFeed articles. You see it on Facebook. You read it on the news. Right now, you may be seeing things on ESPN where we often debate who is the greatest. You know, who is the greatest president? Who is the greatest rock and roll band? You know, who is the greatest actor? Who's the greatest actress? Who's the greatest basketball player, the golfer, football player? On and on and on. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? In the history of Israel, there was no debate. David was the greatest king they ever had. You know, there'd be no debate. If you just went up to one of the Jewish people of the day and said, tell us in the history of all the kings of Israel, who's the greatest? They would have said, David. You know, and David did a lot of great things for the people of Israel. I mean, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But, you know, when you look at the life of David and you read about also all the messed up sinful stuff he did, it reminds us we need a better king than David. When you think of David's life, he died. Peter says he's still in a tomb. He didn't have a resurrection never to die again. His body can still be found. But if you think about the death of David, that reminds us we need a king who lives. And what Peter's doing in this sermon is he's pointing us to David that even though a good king, we need a better king. We need a king that is perfect. We need a king that lives. We need a king that can save us from our sins and ourselves. And David couldn't do that. So here's who this Jesus is. He's a man attested by God, died on the cross for your sin, rose from the grave on the third day, the best king you will ever have in your life, the perfect boss you need. And this Jesus deserves a response. That's what Peter tells us. This Jesus deserves a response. We pick up at the end of the sermon. Verse 37. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added about 3,000 souls that day. That word cut to the heart, it means pierced. They were pierced to the heart, convicted by the Holy Spirit 
when they heard the message Peter proclaimed. Listen, you are an empowered proclaimer of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what Acts 1 and Acts 2 says. And when you proclaim the message that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit convicts people in their hearts. See, you need to understand how this all works. We need to be reminded of this. You don't convict people. You don't save people. I don't do that as a preacher. All I am is the messenger guy. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20, we're ambassadors for Christ. As God was pleading through us, be reconciled to him. I'm just here to deliver the news. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. The Holy Spirit's the one that draws. The Holy Spirit's the one that brings you to Christ. And today, you may be cut to the heart. You may be thinking, what do I need to do? There's two actions the text gives us. Number one is repent. I don't know who among us, among myself, that doesn't need to repent at times. See, repent is a really easy term to understand. Uh, repent just means to do an about face. You're, you're turning from sin and you're turning to God. You're turning away from sin and say, I don't, I don't want sin. I don't love sin. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want the affections of that in my life. And, and God, I want to turn to you and I want to love you and I want to follow you and I... I want Christ to be my Savior. You know, you repent often in life. Have you ever thought about that? I'm sure some of you, I, I mean, maybe one or two of you this week, if you were, you were driving and you had your foot on the gas and you were going a little over the speed limit and you saw the uh, you know, state trooper or the city police or county police coming your way, you repented. You took your foot off the gas, you put it on the brake, you slowed down. See, repentance includes a change of Mind, heart, and action. You know, you, you might even been like me, who's very directionally challenged, who at times have turned down while driving down a one-way street going the wrong way. And I think, man, I'm going the wrong way on a one-way street. i got to turn around. That's repentance. When you're going down the wrong way in your life following sin, and you say, no, no, i got to turn around, and i got to come to Jesus. Some of you need to do that today. Maybe even as believers in Jesus Christ, you've strayed. You've let a sin get a hold of you. And that sin's got an affection over you right now and power over you that it doesn't need. And you need to turn around from that, turn right back to Christ. That's something many of us need to do today, repent. But the second action is this, be baptized. See, repentance is for forgiveness. Baptism is for declaration. When you are baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are simply right there saying, I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to proclaim to others. And maybe this morning you need to be baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ. You let me know that. We'll set that up for you so you can be baptized as a believer in Jesus. This morning we proclaim a message about Christ. We are empowered proclaimers of Jesus, that he is the Lord and Savior. And so I want to issue a challenge to you today, and I'm going to call you to action in a third way, not only to repent or to be baptized, but right now to make a proclamation about Jesus in your life. You know, as we're having to stay socially distanced from others, there's still ways that we can get the word of God out. There's still ways that you can be a proclaimer of Jesus. And through that is maybe through your cell phone, your computer. Right now, grab a phone, grab your computer, your laptop, however you can maybe get on a social media site. And I want you, and I'm going to do this right now myself, go to Facebook. 
And right there, in your status, I want you to type these words. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. He's changed my life, and he can change yours. Ask me how. And then you want to hit the little at sign, and you want to type in Heights Baptist Church. So type that message with me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. He has changed my life, and he can change yours. Ask me how, and tag Heights Baptist Church. I want you to do that right now, or at the end of the service, I want you to do that. Before you play another quarantine game, before you copy and paste another challenge, before you post another cat meme or whatever else you're going to post today, be a proclaimer of that good news of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's today, as a church, fill up our Facebook status with that good news of Christ. Make that proclamation with me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. He's changed my life, and he can change yours. Ask me how. Man, what wonderful news that would be to someone who picks up their phone later and is scrolling through their Facebook looking for good news out there and they run across that message that you posted. Be a powerful proclaimer of Jesus today through that social media app that you've got uh, to be able to use for the glory of God. But let me today also, as we conclude, say this. If you're ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ, The Bible says that you repent of your sin. You believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and was buried and on the third day rose again. And you receive him in your life. When you believe in Jesus, you receive Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 12, you become a child of God. And so I'm going to pray. And if you're ready today to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, I want to lead you in a word of prayer that right now where you are in your home, You can start a relationship with Christ. Let's all go to the Lord in prayer together where we are today. I'm going to encourage you to pray in the manner and way that God is leading you to pray. Maybe right now it's to pray for somebody you know that's going to read that status that you're putting up on Facebook about Jesus. That it would capture their heart today and they place their faith and trust in Christ. I want to speak to those that right now where you're watching this on whatever day and whatever platform for you to place your faith in Jesus. You simply can pray, Dear God, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to receive him in my life and be a follower of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray for those that maybe just prayed that for the very first time in their life. Lord, I thank you that Christ came, was attested uh, by you, that he was the Messiah, the Christ, that all his works and his life pointed us to his power, that his death, he paid the penalty of our sin, that he rose from the grave to beat death. So as believers in Jesus, death has no hold over us, that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And Lord, I pray for that message that many folks have just posted and will post on their Facebook page or Instagram or wherever they're going to post it to. That word will get out. 
the message that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of our lives, that He has changed our lives, and He can change the lives of others. Lord, I pray for the fruit of that message today, that Isaiah says in chapter 55 and verse 11, that it won't return void, that it'll, it'll be a conversation starter for many folks who have just posted and will read it. And Lord, we pray you continue to do the good work through this time in our lives, that we may honor and glorify you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And if you made a decision today for Jesus Christ, we would love to be able to follow up with you. We want to pray for you. We want to just encourage you and celebrate that decision you've made to be a follower of Jesus. And the way you can let us know that that has happened is by going to our website, heightschurch.org slash decision. Or you'll see a link within the comments section here or in the description of this post, a link that you can click. Simply just give us your name and email and phone number and we'll be happy to follow up with you and help you take those next steps of faith. If you already have it connected with us, again, we'd love to be able to connect with you, know how we could serve you. Again, go to heightschurch.org slash connect. You know, right now, again, as we're having to stay socially distanced, there's ways we can still connect with each other. And one way to do that is through life groups. And right now, if you've been thinking about joining a life group, maybe you feel a little alone where you are and and think, man, I, I need a little more community and people I can talk to and pray with. It's never been easier to join a life group. You don't, you don't have to leave your house. You can simply click a button. And so go to heightschurch.org slash life groups. And there you're going to see a description of all our groups and how they're meeting electronically right now, what time, and just a short informational sheet right there, name, address, email, where you can fill out and say, I want to know a life group, how to join. We'll be in contact with you on that. Uh, Tonight, I want to invite you to a prayer meeting. You know, I've been praying and just asking God to continue to revive us as a people, as a church, as a nation, as a community. Been praying for you, been praying for all this COVID stuff to stop. And and now's the time as the people of God to pray together. So tonight at 6.30 p.m., we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to host it through Zoom. Now, if you've not been on Zoom, I know many of you are in your life groups, or maybe you've done this in business. Uh, Zoom is a video conferencing tool that we can use where we can see and hear one another. And so I want to invite you to that prayer meeting. But here's how you need to get in. And this is important. You need to register for that. And when you register for the meeting this afternoon, I will send you a link to join us at 630. And all you've got to do is simply click that link and you're in the prayer meeting. So go to heightschurch.org slash register and you can register for that meeting and I will send you that link later today. I want to thank you and remind you again at the end of this service, if you already haven't done so, post, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. He's changed my life and he can change yours. Ask me how. Then click the little at sign and type in Heights Baptist Church. And I want you to pray as you send that out, that God's going to use that 
uh, message to change the life of someone today. Thank you, as always, at the end of our service for clicking share. Never been easier to get the Word of God out right now, but to simply click a button. And when you do that, it's taking effect. I promise you, God is using your uh, efforts to get the Word of God out in ways we may not even see and know right now. So I appreciate you. I love you. You guys, as a church, you're doing a wonderful job. Keep plugging along. Let's stay steadfast in our faith right now as we spread that good news of Jesus as empowered proclaimers of the Word of God. Have a great week.